0: Jeremiah says, there will be signs of the end. This is a signpost of the way of St. James on the Santiago de Compostela in Spain. It's an ancient pilgrimage that the people of God have taken over hundreds and hundreds of years. Next slide. Jeremiah says, the days are surely coming when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel. Jeremiah is, of course, anticipating the return from exile in Babylon. But in his Holy Spirit imagination, he's looking forward to the day when Jesus would come, the day of the incarnation. And in God's providence, God continues to come. God meets us in our daily lives, and one day at the second advent, God will come again. Next slide. When Jesus stood in the synagogue and unrolled the scroll of Isaiah, it was a sign, a sign that the kingdom of God was breaking into human history, the first advent of Jesus, the Messiah. Next slide. Jeremiah says, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Next. Next slide. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth distress among the nations. There will be signs. Advent is about the signs that God is present in the in-breaking kingdom and that God will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Advent means a literally coming or arrival, the coming of something momentous. When our sons were young, we wanted them to experience Advent. So each year, Carrie would, uh, it was always Carrie, she would buy an Advent ca- calendar. And you, you must have tried this, behind all the little doors is a Bible verse with a picture. And sometimes we would have candy or other special treats on Sundays during Advent. Each time we opened the door, it was a sign that Christmas was getting closer. We were counting down the days. And that's what Advent was about in our family. We loved Advent, we decorated the house, we put on Christmas music, and we invited friends over on Sundays to pray and sing and read the Bible. Advent was a time of anticipation, of expectation. And of course it meant Christmas was coming. It meant grandparents and presents and Santa Claus, and our family, would look forward with eager anticipation, one day at a time. And then something happened. Adolescence. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Life got very real, and Advent changed. We still did those Advent calendars, but it was more Carrie and I doing it. It was no longer for us just the season before Christmas. Instead, Advent began to describe the reality of our lives and of the world around us. The gospel texts from Mark and Matthew and from Luke that we've read today talked about the signs of the end of time. You read about the destruction of the temple and war and earthquakes and famines and plagues. There are disturbing words in our reading from Luke about betrayals, about change, about unsettling events. So Advent became a time of letting go for us, of looking to a future that was not yet clear or known. The signs were there. It might have been the night that I sat alone in our bedroom with the lights off, looking out on the San Francisco Bay and wondering why it was so hard to be a parent. I had done all the right things, I thought, and yet everything felt wrong. There will be signs, Jesus said. It might have been the pain and the brokenness in our family, the guilts and regrets, the dreams that were replaced by the could have, should have, would have. There will be signs, Jesus said. It might have been the day that our niece drowned on the just before her third birthday. There will be signs, Jesus said. It might have been reading the headlines and wondering how we could keep up in prayer for the pain and the immense needs of the world around us. There will be signs. It might have been one too many images of war and destruction and genocide and fleeing refugees. There will be signs. This weekend we were visiting our son Tim in, in Portland and he told us a story about when he was 11 years old. And I just came up out of nowhere, but he said, I was in the kitchen pouring myself some cereal, and I looked into the living room and, Dad, you were sitting there with your head in your hands, watching the television. It was 9-11 and the plane had hit the first tower. I had no memory of that moment, but it made a deep impression on Tim. There will be signs, Jesus said. So when we woke up the next day and wondered what's next, what will happen, when will it take place, my mind went to this passage from Luke. There will be signs. Could be any one of these, all of them, or a thousand other things like them. So Advent is a time of looking for the signs of Jesus entering our world. What are your Advent stories? I'll bet you have them. I bet you could tell stories about the day your life changed and your world was changed forever. I'll bet in this congregation there are many stories of pain, of change, of letting go, of stepping into a future of uncertainty, maybe even a future you did not want. I wish Advent was as simple and easy as opening a little door on a calendar and eating a piece of chocolate and knowing that Christmas is one day closer. But the world is not that simple and life is not that easy. And maybe that's why on the first Sunday of Advent every year churches around the world hear a gospel text like Luke 21 that describes the end of the world and the signs that will accompany that ending. It's not just a story about Jesus and his disciples, it's your story and mine. We see it in our world today, we experience in our lives, it's part of the gospel. Mark 13, Matthew 24, and Luke 21 tell the story of great turmoil. But it's the good news. It's the gospel announced by John the Baptist and delivered in the incarnation of Jesus. Jesus said there will be signs, and more than ever, our world needs to see the signs. The longer that I live, the more I know In my mind and heart that the world needs signs that God is here in our presence that the kingdom is in breaking now and every Advent story is accompanied by signs Jesus says if we look we'll see the signs everywhere the Sun the moon the stars the distress among the earth's nations the roaring of the sea and its waves I see the signs today in the pictures of refugees and persecuted Christians and the senseless violence of a world seemingly gone mad. We've all seen the signs. The pandemic is a sign, the war and rumor of war signs, the harsh political conflict in our nation and the rising threat posed by climate change are all signs of the end. Let's go to the next slide. This picture is taken from World War I. It's a painting. It was supposed to be the war to end all wars. My grandfather was there. He was a marine sergeant. He was 22 when the war ended. And most of the men in his unit were still teenagers. And one day near the end of the war, he got a telegram or whatever they got back then. His mom had contracted the flu in the last great pandemic. He was given emergency leave to go home but when he got there she was gone. He used to tell me that it was the saddest day of his life and he remembered it for the rest of his life. Now life went on. His father, my great-grandfather, remarried a young widow who had lost her husband in that same pandemic. She had four children, he had four grown children and they had four children of their own. My grandfather's life went on. He went to college, graduated, got a job, met my grandmother, raised three children through the depression and sent both of his sons off to World War II. Next, next slide. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great, with power and great glory. You see, it was this hope of the second advent that kept my grandparents going. Through two wars, a great depression, and many, many losses. Next slide. This is the transfigured Christ, the ascended Christ. The one who will return, and the signs of his return are everywhere, and they are not hard to spot. They are too easily and quickly misunderstood and misused. Jesus intended this phrase, there will be signs, as words of hope and reassurance, but far too often they are heard as words of warning and threat. And when they are, the signs are used to predict a future of impending doom and loss. They become indicators that the world will soon end, so you better shape up or God is going to get you. Now this misunderstanding of the signs pushes us deeper into darkness and deeper into fear. Our misuse of the signs blinds us to the coming of the Son of Man in power and in glory. Next slide. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus says, but my words will not pass away. There will be signs is not a warning or a threat. Jesus doesn't want us to predict the future. He said, of that day, no one knows. Even the Son does not know, only the Father. He doesn't say that these signs that the world is coming to an end are there for us to be afraid. He says, no, stand up, raise your heads. Help is on the way. Justice is coming. Our redemption, our healing, our savior is drawing near. Next slide. This 19th century portrait from a book, Divine Truth and the Gospel, was a book that was written with 800 pages, and sold in the mass market so that people in that, part of, in that season of our history, coming out of the Second Great Awakening, could be reassured that God was at work in the middle of their lives. Next slide. The signs are not a reason to hang our head in despair or shrink from life or to try to return to a bygone era. That we can see the signs in our lives and in our circumstances means that the events that happen to us contain and reveal the promise of Jesus' return. The signs are our hope and our reassurance that God has not abandoned us, that God notices us, that God cares about us, that he will surely return and make all things right. A second advent is contained in the promise of the first. A new heavens and a new earth where tears will be wiped away, where wars and disease and death itself will be no more. Jesus tells a parable in the middle of this Luke passage. The parable of the fig tree. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Advent signs are as ordinary and as common as a fig tree sprouting leaves. We see the leaves and we know that something is coming. We know that summer is near with new life and new growth and new fruit. That is the promise and the good news of the Advent signs. And yet that promise, that good news, is not fulfilled apart from, but in and through the reality of our personal circumstances and of the world's tragic events. So what if we looked into our lives and our world and began to read the signs of the Advent story as a fig tree sprouting new growth, green, what would we see? What would it mean for us, for our family, for our church, for our community? It would mean we were living in anticipation. It would mean knowing that the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It would mean that we are entering a new season with new life and new growth. We could produce new fruit. We could open the doors of our life with courage and confidence. We could look on the world with a new sense of compassion and hope. We could share the story of Advent and Christmas with friends and neighbors and colleagues. We could be strengthened to carry out the ministry God has given us in hope. Let's go to the next slide. This painting hangs in the National Gallery in Washington, D.C. It's by the famous African-American artist Richard Brooke. painted in the late 19th century. It's a wonderful painting. It's worth looking up on. You could do it on the Internet now, or you could go to Washington, D.C. Even in the Jim Crow era, life continued. People welcomed their elderly pastor into their homes at Christmas for a meal, to read the Bible, to pray together, to receive this means of grace. Advent seasons of our lives can be long and difficult and painful, but we never face the challenges of life without signs of hope and reassurance Signs that point the way to the one who came in Jesus the Messiah and the one who is coming again to judge the living and the dead. Jesus ends his teaching about being alert to the signs of times with a series of imperative verbs set in the context of warning. Be careful. Be always on the watch and pray. Next slide. Be on your guard that your hearts are not weighed down with the worries of this life. Lift up your hearts is the promise of the gospel of Advent. It's the promise of that first Christmas which we will celebrate on December 24th. It's the promise of Jesus' return to finish the work that he came and began in his earthly life. Next slide. We're to be like this woman in this 19th century Dutch painting. You can't quite see it, perhaps. Well, I can, I, you could see it, sort of. She's doing her normal daily routine, but her eyes are lifted up, and her heart is aflame with hope. It's a powerful image of how we can go about our daily lives with our hearts free of anxiety. Not because we have our heads in the sand, but because God has our present and our future in his capable hands. And Jesus says, trust in him. Our job is to watch and to pray. Jesus wants our hearts And minds to look up, to be on the alert for the signs of his coming. Last slide. Praying that you may stand before the Son of Man. So during this Advent season, let's focus on the promise of the gospel. Focus on the promise that Jesus has come and is coming again. Instead of on the anxieties of life, Jesus calls us to watch and to pray and to tend to our soul. There will be signs. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that in Jesus Christ, we can look back and see that you were faithful to the word in Jeremiah. You came as a babe in the manger, You came to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to teach the people. And in your incarnation and life and death and resurrection and ascension, you began a movement that will change the world. But Lord, we are not left alone in this time. You sent us the Holy Spirit and you gave us the extraordinary promise that you will come again that you will make right what is wrong that you will usher in a new heaven and a new earth that you will redeem and cleanse and make holy your creation and Lord you have included us to be signposts of this so Lord Help us to watch and to pray to cast all our anxiety upon you because you care for us and you are coming again. We pray this in your name. Amen.